Section three of Germano by Emile Zola, translated by Havelock Ellis. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Reading by Matt Perard. Part one, chapter three. Etienne had at last descended from the platform and entered the Voreux. He spoke to men whom he met, asking if there was work to be had, but all shook their heads, telling him to wait for the captain. They left him free to roam through the ill-lighted buildings, full of black holes, confusing with their complicated stories and rooms. After having mounted a dark and half-destroyed staircase, he found himself on a shaky footbridge. Then he crossed the screening shed, which was plunged in such profound darkness that he walked with his hands before him for protection. Suddenly, two enormous yellow eyes pierced the darkness in front of him, he was beneath the pit-frame in the receiving-room at the very mouth of the shaft. A captain, Father Richon, a big man with the face of a good-natured gendarme, and with a straight grey moustache, was at that moment going towards the receiver's office. "'Do they want a hand here for any kind of work?' asked Etienne again. Richon was about to say no, but he changed his mind and replied like the others as he went away. "'Wait for Monsieur Dansart.' the head captain. Four lanterns were placed there, and the reflectors which threw all the light on to the shaft vividly illuminated the iron rail, the levers of the signals and bars, the joists of the guides along which slid the two cages. The rest of the vast room, like the nave of a church, was obscure and peopled by great floating shadows. Only the lamp cabin shone at the far end, while in the receiver's office a small lamp looked like a fading star work was about to be resumed and on the iron pavement there was a continual thunder trams of coal being wheeled without ceasing while the landers with their long bent backs could be distinguished amid the movement of all these black and noisy things in perpetual agitation for a moment etienne stood motionless deafened and blinded he felt frozen by the currents of air which entered from every side. Then he moved on a few paces, attracted by the winding engine, of which he could now see the glistening steel and copper. It was twenty-five meters beyond the shaft, in a loftier chamber, and placed so solidly on its brick foundation that though it worked at full speed, with all its four hundred horsepower, the movement of its enormous crank emerging and plunging with oily softness imparted no quiver to the walls the engine-man standing at his post listened to the ringing of the signals and his eye never moved from the indicator where the shaft was figured with its different levels by a vertical groove traversed by shot hanging to strings which represented the cages and at each departure when the machine was put in motion the drums two immense wheels five metres in radius by means of which the two steel cables were rolled and unrolled turned with such rapidity that they became like great powder look out there cried three landers who were dragging an immense ladder etienne just escaped being crushed his eyes were soon more at home and he watched the cables moving in the air more than thirty metres of steel ribbon which flew up into the pit-frame where they passed over pulleys to descend perpendicularly into the shaft where they were attached to the cages an iron frame like the high scaffolding of a belfry supported the pulleys 
it was like the gliding of a bird noiseless without a jar this rapid flight the continual come and go of a thread of enormous weight capable of lifting twelve thousand kilograms at the rate of ten meters a second attention there for god's sake cried one of the landers pushing the ladder to the other side in order to climb to the left-hand rowel slowly etienne returned to the receiving room this giant flight over his head took away his breath shivering in the currents of air he watched the movement of the cages his ears deafened by the rumblings of the trams near the shaft the signal was working a heavy levered hammer drawn by a cord from below and allowed to strike against a block one blow to stop two to go down three to go up it was unceasing like blows of a club dominating the tumult accompanied by the clear sound of the bell while the lander directing the work increased the noise still more by shouting orders to the engine man through a trumpet the cages in the middle of the clear space appeared and disappeared were filled and emptied without etienne being at all able to understand the complicated proceeding he only understood one thing well the shaft swallowed men by mouthfuls of twenty or thirty and with so easy a gulp that it seemed to feel nothing go down since four o'clock the descent of the workmen had been going on they came to the shed with naked feet and their lamps in their hands waiting in little groups until a sufficient number had arrived without a sound with the soft bound of a nocturnal beast the iron cage arose from the night wedged itself on the bolts with its four decks each containing two trams full of coal landers on different platforms took out the trams and replaced them by others either empty or already laden with trimmed wooden props and it was into the empty trams that the workmen crowded five at a time up to forty when they filled all the compartments an order came from the trumpet a hollow indistinct roar while the signal cord was pulled four times from below ringing meat to give warning of this burden of human flesh then after a slight leap the cage plunged silently falling like a stone only leaving behind it the vibrating flight of a cable is it deep asked etienne of a miner who waited near him with a sleepy air five hundred and fifty-four metres replied the man but there are four levels the first at three hundred and twenty both were silent with their eyes on the returning cable etienne said again and if it breaks ah if it breaks the miner ended with a gesture his turn had arrived the cage had reappeared with its easy unfatigued movement he squatted in it with some comrades it plunged down then flew up again in less than four minutes to swallow down another load of men for half an hour the shaft went on devouring in this fashion with more or less greedy gulps according to the depth of the level to which the men went down but without stopping always hungry with its giant intestines capable of digesting a nation it went on filling and still filling and the darkness remained dead the cage mounted from the void with the same voracious silence 
etienne was at last seized again by the same depression which he had experienced on the pit bank what was the good of persisting this head captain would send him off like the others a vague fear suddenly decided him he went away only stopping before the building of the engine-room the wide open door showed seven boilers with two furnaces in the midst of the white steam and the whistling of the escapes a stoker was occupied in piling up one of the furnaces the heat of which could be felt as far as the threshold and the young man was approaching glad of the warmth when he met a new band of colliers who had just arrived at the pit it was the Mehu and Lavac said when he saw catherine at the head with her gentle boyish air a superstitious idea caused him to risk another question i say there mate do you want a hand here for any kind of work she looked at him surprised rather frightened at this sudden voice coming out of the shadow but maheu behind her had heard and replied talking with etienne for a moment no no one was wanted this poor devil of a man who had lost his way here interested him when he left him he said to the others eh one might easily be like that mustn't complain everyone hasn't the chance to work himself to death the band entered and went straight to the shed a vast hall roughly boarded and surrounded by cupboards shut by padlocks in the centre an iron fireplace a sort of closed stove without a door glowed red and was so stuffed with burning coal that fragments flew out and rolled on to the trodden soil the hall was only lighted by this stove from which sanguine reflections danced along the greasy woodwork up to the ceiling stained with black dust as the Mahieus went into the heat there was a sound of laughter some thirty workmen were standing upright with their backs to the fire roasting themselves with an air of enjoyment before going down they all came here to get a little warmth in their skins so that they could face the dampness of the pit but this morning there was much in amusement they were joking moquette a putter girl of eighteen whose enormous breasts and flanks were bursting through her old jacket and breeches she lived at Requillard with her father old moque a groom and moquette her brother a lander but their hours of work were not the same she went to the pit by herself and in the middle of the wheat-fields in summer or against a wall in winter she took her pleasure with her lover of the week all in the mine had their turn it was a perpetual round of comrades without further consequences one day when reproached about a marchand nail-maker she was furiously angry exclaiming that she respected herself far too much that she would cut her arm off if any one could boast that he had seen her with any one but a collier it isn't that big cheval now said a miner grinning did that little fellow have you he must have needed a ladder i saw you behind requillard a token that he got up on a milestone well replied moquet in a good humour what's that to do with you you were not asked to push and this gross good-natured joke increased the laughter of the men who expanded their shoulders half cooked by the stove while she herself shaken with laughter was displaying in the midst of them the indecency of her costume embarrassingly comical with her masses of flesh exaggerated almost to disease but the gaiety ceased 
Mouquet told Maheu that Florence, big Florence, would never come again. She had been found the night before stiff in her bed. Some said it was her heart, others that it was a pint of gin she had drunk too quickly. And Maheu was in despair. Another piece of ill luck, one of the best of his putters, gone without any chance of replacing her at once. He was working in a set. There were four pikemen associated in his cutting, himself, Zacharie, Lavaque, and Chaval. If they had Catherine alone to wheel, the work would suffer. Suddenly he called out, I have it. There was that man looking for work. At that moment, Dansart passed before the shed. Maheu told him the story and asked for his authority to engage the man. He emphasized the desire of the company to substitute men for women, as at Anzin. The head captain smiled at first, for the scheme of excluding women from the pit was not usually well received by the miners, who were troubled about placing their daughters and not much affected by questions of morality and health but after some hesitation he gave his permission reserving its ratification for m negrel the engineer all very well exclaimed zacharie the man must be away by this time no said catherine i saw him stop at the boilers after him then lazy cried maheu the young girl ran forward while a crowd of miners proceeded to the shaft yielding the fire to others Jeanlin, without waiting for his father went also to take his lamp together with bevere a big stupid boy and lady a small child of ten bouquet who was in front of them called out in the black passage they were dirty brats and threatened to box their ears if they pinched her etienne was in fact in the boiler building talking with a stoker who was charging the furnaces with coal he felt very cold at the thought of the night into which he must return but he was deciding to set out when he felt a hand placed on his shoulder come said catherine there's something for you at first he could not understand then he felt a spasm of joy and vigorously squeezed the young girl's hands thanks mate ah you're a good chap you are she began to laugh looking at him in the red light of the furnaces which lit them up it amused her that he should take her for a boy still slender with her knot of hair hidden beneath the cap he also was laughing with satisfaction and they remained for a moment both laughing in each other's faces with radiant cheeks maheu squatting down before his box in the shed was taking off his sabots and his coarse woolen stockings when at the end arrived everything was settled in three or four words thirty sous a day hard work but work that he would easily learn the pikeman advised him to keep his shoes and lent him an old cap a leather hat for the protection of his skull a precaution which the father and his children disdained the tools were taken out of the chest where also was found Laurence's shovel then when maheu had shut up their sabots their stockings as well as etienne's bundle he suddenly became impatient what is that lazy cheval up to another girl given a tumble on a pile of stones we are half an hour late to-day zacharie and levaque were quietly roasting their shoulders the former said at last is it cheval you're waiting for he came before us and went down at once what you knew that and said nothing come come look sharp 
catherine who was warming her hands had to follow the band etienne allowed her to pass and went behind her again he journeyed through a maze of staircases and obscure corridors in which their naked feet produced the soft sound of old slippers but the lamp cabin was glittering a glass house full of hooks in rows holding hundreds of davy lamps examined and washed the night before and lighted like candles in a mortuary chapel at the barrier each workman took his own stamped with his number then he examined it and shut it himself while the marker seated at a table inscribed on the registers the hour of descent maheu had to intervene to obtain a lamp for his new putter and there was still another precaution the workers defiled before an examiner who assured himself that all the lamps were properly closed golly it's not warm here murmured catherine shivering etienne contented himself with nodding his head he was in front of the shaft in the midst of a vast hall swept by currents of air he certainly considered himself brave but he felt a disagreeable emotion at his chest amid this thunder of trams the hollow blows of the signals the stifled howling of the trumpet the continual flight of those cables unrolled and rolled at full speed by the drums of the engine the cages rose and sank with the gliding movement of a nocturnal beast always engulfing men whom the throat of the hole seemed to drink it was his turn now he felt very cold and preserved a nervous silence which made zacharie and levaque grin for both of them disapproved of the hiring of this unknown man especially levaque who was offended that he had not been consulted so catherine was glad to hear her father explain things to the young man look above the cage there is a parachute with iron grapnels to catch into the guides in case of breakage does it work oh not always yes the shaft is divided into three compartments closed by planking from top to bottom in the middle the cages on the left the passage for the ladders but he interrupted himself to grumble though taking care not to raise his voice much what are we stuck here for blast it what right have they to freeze us in this way the captain Richon, who was going down himself with his naked lamp fixed by a nail into the leather of his cap heard him careful look out for ears he murmured paternally as an old miner with affectionate feeling for comrades workmen must do what they can hold on here we are get in with your fellows the cage provided with iron bands and a small meshed lattice-work was in fact awaiting them on the bars Mehieu, zacharie and catherine slid into a tram below and as all five had to enter etienne in his turn went in but the good places were taken he had to squeeze himself near the young girl whose elbow pressed into his belly his lamp embarrassed him they advised him to fasten it to the buttonhole of his jacket not hearing he awkwardly kept it in his hand the embarkation continued above and below a confused packing of cattle they did not however set out what then was happening it seemed to him that his impatience lasted for many minutes at last he felt a shock and the light grew dim everything around him seemed to fly while he experienced the dizzy anxiety of a fall contracting his bowels this lasted as long as he could see light through the two reception stories 
in the midst of the whirling by of the scaffolding then having fallen into the blackness of the pit he became stunned no longer having any clear perception of his sensations now we are off said Mayhew quietly they were all at their ease he asked himself at times if he was going up or down now and then when the cage went straight without touching the guides there seemed to be no motion but rough shocks were afterwards produced a sort of dancing amid the joists which made him fear a catastrophe for the rest he could not distinguish the walls of the shaft behind the lattice-work to which he pressed his face the lamps feebly lighted the mass of bodies at his feet only the captain's naked light in the neighboring tram shone like a lighthouse this is four meters in diameter continued maheu to instruct him the tubbing wants doing over again for the water comes in everywhere stop we are reaching the bottom do you hear etienne was in fact now asking himself the meaning of this noise of falling rain a few large drops had at first sounded on the roof of the cage like the beginning of a shower and now the rain increased streaming down becoming at last a deluge the roof must be full of holes for a thread of water was flowing on to his shoulder and wetting him to the skin the cold became icy and they were buried in black humidity when they passed through a sudden flash of light the vision of a cavern in which men were moving but already they had fallen back into darkness maheu said that is the first main level we are at three hundred and twenty metres see the speed raising his lamp he lighted up a joist of the guides which led by like a rail beneath a train going at full speed and beyond as before nothing could be seen they passed three other levels in flashes of light the deafening rain continued to strike through the darkness how deep it is murmured etienne this fall seemed to last for hours he was suffering for the cramped position he had taken not daring to move and especially tortured by catherine's elbow she did not speak a word he only felt her against him and it warmed him when the cage at last stopped at the bottom at five hundred and fifty-four metres he was astonished to learn that the descent had lasted exactly one minute but the noise of the bolts fixing themselves the sensation of solidity beneath suddenly cheered him and he was joking when he said to catherine what have you got under your skin to be so warm i've got your elbow in my belly sure enough then she also burst out laughing stupid of him still to take her for a boy were his eyes out it's in your eye that you got my elbow she replied in the midst of a storm of laughter which the astonished young man could not account for the cage voided its burden of workers who crossed the pit-eye hall a chamber cut in the rock vaulted with masonry and lighted up by three large lamps over the iron flooring the porters were violently rolling laden trams a cavernous odour exhaled from the walls a freshness of saltpetre in which mingled hot breaths from the neighbouring stable the openings of four galleries yawned here this way said maheu to etienne you're not there yet it is still two kilometres the workmen separated and were lost in groups in the depths of these black holes some fifteen went off into that on the left and etienne walked last behind maheu 
who was preceded by catherine zacharie and levaque it was a large gallery for wagons through a bed of solid rock which had only needed walling here and there in single file they still went on without a word by the tiny flame of the lamps the young man stumbled at every step and entangled his feet in the rails for a moment a hollow sound disturbed him the sound of a distant storm the violence of which seemed to increase and to come from the bowels of the earth was it the thunder of a landslip bringing on to their heads the enormous mass which separated them from the light a gleam pierced the night he felt the rock tremble and when he had placed himself close to the wall like his comrades he saw a large white horse close to his face harnessed to a train of wagons on the first and holding the reins was seated Bever, while jeanlin with his hands leaning on the edge of the last was running barefooted behind they again began their walk farther on they reached crossways where two new galleries opened and the band divided again the workers gradually entering all the stalls of the mine now the wagon gallery was constructed of wood props of timber supported the roof and made for the crumbly rock a screen of scaffolding behind which one could see the plates of schist glimmering with mica and coarse masses of dull rough sandstone trains of tubs full or empty continually passed crossing each other with their thunder borne into the shadow by vague beasts trotting by like phantoms on the double way of a shunting line a long black serpent slept a train at standstill with a snorting horse whose crupper looked like a block fallen from the roof doors for ventilation were slowly opening and shutting and as they advanced the gallery became more narrow and lower and the roof irregular forcing them to bend their backs constantly etienne struck his head hard without his leather cap he would have broken his skull however he attentively followed the slightest gestures of Mehu, whose sombre profile was seen against the glimmer of the lamps none of the workmen knocked themselves they evidently knew each boss each knot of wood or swelling in the rock the young man also suffered from the slippery soil which became damper and damper at times he went through actual puddles only revealed by the muddy splash of his feet but what especially astonished him were the sudden changes of temperature at the bottom of the shaft it was very chilly and in the wagon gallery through which all the air of the mine passed an icy breeze was blowing with the violence of a tempest between the narrow walls afterwards as they penetrated more deeply along other passages which only received a meagre share of air the wind fell and the heat increased a suffocating heat as heavy as lead maheu had not again opened his mouth he turned down another gallery to the right simply saying to etienne without looking round the guillaume scene it was the scene which contained their cutting at the first step etienne hurt his head and elbows the sloping roof descended so low that for twenty or thirty metres at a time he had to walk bent double the water came up to his ankles after two hundred metres of this he saw levaque zachary and catherine disappear as though they had flown through a narrow fissure which was open in front of him we must climb said maheu fasten your lamp to a buttonhole and hang on to the wood 
he himself disappeared and etienne had to follow him this chimney passage left in the seam was reserved for miners and led to all the secondary passages it was about the thickness of the coal bed hardly sixty centimetres fortunately the young man was thin for as he was still awkward he hoisted himself up with a useless expense of muscle flattening his shoulders and hips advancing by the strength of his wrists clinging to the planks fifteen metres higher they came on the first secondary passage but they had to continue as the cutting of maheu and his mates was in the sixth passage in hell as they said every fifteen metres the passages were placed over each other in never-ending succession through this cleft which scraped back and chest etienne groaned as if the weight of the rocks had pounded his limbs with torn hands and bruised legs he also suffered from lack of air so that he seemed to feel the blood bursting through his skin he vaguely saw in one passage two squatting beasts a big one and a little one pushing trams they were lighty and moquette already at work and he had still to climb the height of two cuttings he was blinded by sweat and he despaired of catching up the others whose agile limbs he heard brushing against the rock with a long gliding movement cheer up here we are said catherine's voice he had in fact arrived and another voice cried from the bottom of the cutting well is this the way to treat people i have two kilometres to walk from montsou and i am here first it was cheval a tall lean bony fellow of twenty-five with strongly marked features who was in a bad humour at having to wait when he saw etienne he asked with contemptuous surprise what's that and when maheu had told him the story he added between his teeth these men are eating the bread of girls the two men exchanged a look lighted up by one of those instinctive hatreds which suddenly flame up etienne had felt the insult without yet understanding it there was silence and they got to work at last all the seams were gradually filled and the cuttings were in movement at every level and at the end of every passage the devouring shaft had swallowed its daily ration of men nearly seven hundred hands who were now at work in this giant ant-hill everywhere making holes in the earth drilling it like an old worm-eaten piece of wood and in the middle of the heavy silence and crushing weight of the strata one could hear by placing one's ear to the rock the movement of these human insects at work from the flight of the cable which moved the cage up and down to the biting of the tools cutting out the coal at the end of the stalls at the end on turning round found himself again pressed close to catherine but this time he caught a glimpse of the developing curves of her breast he suddenly understood the warmth which had penetrated him you are a girl then he exclaimed stupefied she replied in her cheerful way without blushing of course you've taken your time to find it out End of section three